if you're not able and if you don't have the tools, processes, approaches, and also abilities to take a step back, reflect, think for yourself and really find a good inner thought process, inner core and reflect about, okay, what's the right cause of action right now? If you don't have routines for this one, it will be very difficult to lead others as well as... Hello, hello, this is Hannah and I welcome you to another episode of Reaching Your Goals. Reaching Your Goals is a career-focused podcast where I sit down with truly inspiring individuals and we talk about leadership and career-related topics to give you the insights to get one step closer to living a fulfilled professional life. We all have goals we want to reach, but sometimes we need those insights, those nuggets that help us moving. Depending on the day, I'm either a certified leadership and executive coach or a management consultant and I have an MBA from NYU Stern School of Business. My mission is to inspire you to reach your goals, lead with kindness and have some fun along the way. This week, we will focus on self-leadership and becoming more innovative. My guest for this exciting topic is Lars Sudman. Lars and I actually met many years ago when we were both working at Procter Gamble. It must have been around 2010 when Lars came to the Geneva office where I was located and he gave a training on nonverbal communication. That was one of the first times that I learned about nonverbal communication and I found the training quite intriguing. And apparently, it really left an impression on me. So naturally, I reached out to Lars and invited him to join me on the show. Before we find out more about Lars and the topics of today, let me introduce him to you. Lars is an executive advisor, author, and keynote speaker on leadership, innovation, strategy, and digital transformation. He is a council director at the global think tank, the Conference Board, and has been featured on Forbes, BBC Capital, Fast Company, the Chicago Tribune, and many more. His TEDx talks are top ranked with more than 2 million views, and his latest book is Innovation That Sticks. Lars is based in Brussels in Belgium. Before we get started, let me quickly check in with you. Have you already subscribed to the show? If not, you only need to hit one button wherever you listen to your podcast. This way, you will get the next episode in your inbox when it drops on Tuesday. Okay, now back to Lars. Lars, it's great to see you again. How are you doing today? Yeah, thanks a lot. I'm very, doing very well. Thanks a lot for having me on the show. Thank you. And to get to know you a little bit better, I love to start my interviews with rapid fire questions. Short questions, short answers. Okay. I know that in your book, Innovation That Sticks, you mention a spaghetti principle. What is actually your favorite pasta dish? My favorite pasta dish is yeah. <laughs> linguine <laughs> with scampi. Linguine with scampi. Mm. <laughs> so that, is a, that is a favorite pasta dish and I sometimes look for it and, 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 and try to get it, try to cook it, try to optimize it myself. But that's definitely the favorite one. Nice. And I read that you are the six times Belgian and two times European champion of public speaking. First of all, congratulations. What's your superpower in public speaking that makes you win these events? Practice, 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 rehearsal, doing the same time again. It's really there. There's, if there's one thing when it comes to, to well, these championships, but speaking in general, it's 
practice, practice, practice. And, and, and I think there, the really great thing, and by the way, that's what you learn in these championships, is very often in corporate life, I know I'm not doing a rapid fire thing here, but very often in corporate life, we prepare for one thing and then it's the next. But superpowers, there's no superpower, but I like Blake, what I've really learned during these competitions that you prepare a speech and you do the same speech again and you refine it and refine it and refine it and rehearse it again. And, and, and you make it better and better and better. And that's really, that was really absolutely fascinating when going through these processes of these competitions as well. And that's, that's, I think, a big lesson learned that I took away from myself. Practice makes perfect. That's what I'm hearing. <laughs> and say, how would your family and friends describe you in one word? In one word? Yes. <laughs> Beyond the name, curious, probably. Mm. <laughs> That's always looking forward, like, like new ideas, different things, and then always pursuing, like, trying to connect some stuff. So probably curious. Mm. Yeah. And I see many, many books in your background. What is your, what is one of your favorite books? Well, it's really wide ranging. So that's why it connects back to your first question, the curiosity. So I try to <laughs> read or bring a lot of big things. The downside of this one is that it's sometimes very hard to bring in that one idea in uh, because I've, there's always so yes. many and so many great books and, and so on out there. If you, if I were to like books that I recommend over and over again, mm, I mean, on the, on the on the management on the business book side is is a small gem that I really still like a lot. Which is it's a very old book, but I, but I really really like it a lot. Called the One Minute Manager, and and it's a small book, it's a short book, but I really really liked it. Distilling some of the essences and insights into one book is 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 not easy. And and I think Ken Blanchett there and the One Minute Manager really really did it well. It helped me enormously when I had my first leadership um, experiences. There are other books um, I really do like, um, and and a book that um, that got me thinking as well is is, is a long term classic called The Way of the Peaceful Warrior um, by Dan Millman. It's it's a silent classic. It's been sold millions of times. It got filmed with Nick Nolte, and that's certainly a, I read it probably more than twenty five years ago. But it's a book that I that I really think about quite often as well. It's it's that concept of the peaceful warrior that he lays out there. It's a fiction book but it has some, some archetypes and, and, and so on in there on, on how to live your life. I find that very powerful. But then there is gazillion others that we could talk about. <laughs> really just came through, came across a very fascinating book called Daily Zen, like 100 Daily Zen Practices for Daily Living, which I find very profound. It's, it's a very, very good book. I'm just reading it at the moment. So there's, there's many, 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 and we could talk a lot of times on this yes. one. Let's leave it maybe with these two, um, two to three that, I, that I've just shared. And you just mentioned in that book that is intriguing how to live your life. What do you need to be at your best? Probably being at that zone where I'm really interested in something and I know that I have also some skills at something. I'm, you know, Ken Robinson used to call that the element, being in one's element. And, and I really try to zoom in in order to be at my best and really to be at that zone. So it's, it's, it's something that I like doing and something that I know I'm built like significant skills at and, and, and am already good at. If, if I am the activities of that zone, That's what I really need to be at my best. And because I really realize, you know, I don't really like doing it, or if I'm not particularly good at it, that then you, you know, you, can't, you can push yourself and you can do the job and everything, but really to be at the best, to really, really excel, that's what, what I need then on top. And then on top, there's a couple of preparation elements, 
it always needs to have that element of curiosity and everything in yes. there. That's that's what I need to have a bit of the the spark and so on for it. And say who who is one of your role models? It's always difficult, of course, with with people of history and so on because we never know one of the contexts. But but I really do like I'm I'm a I'm a big fan of stoicism as a as as an approach as an approach to life mm. and philosophy. Um, and what I really do like the writings of Marcus Aurelius. And, and, and why specifically? Because specifically, I try to research, talk, and, and, and work a lot in the field of leadership. And when it comes to leadership, it's, it's easy to paint a rosy picture if you don't have to lead somebody for it. And, and I think there is a lot of thinkers who don't lead a lot, and there's a lot of leaders, but then they, they, they can't distill their thoughts. And I think what is really unique about Marcus Aurelius and his meditations is I mean, he was an emperor of Rome. So, I mean, he's known as one of the big philosophers of Stoicism, but he has, at the same time, he had that little side gig of, 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 of running the Roman Empire. And uh, so... Small job. Yeah, the small side job. And, and that makes it, for me at least, makes it very interesting, gives a different depth and flavor towards towards his thoughts and thinking, because you can really say if he gives advice on life or how to deal with people, it's not just from sitting somewhere in the, the corner. It's like from daily, daily interaction with some of the, some of the intrigues and some of the difficulties and, and all of the things that come with running like, like <laughs> a vampire. So whenever I, I, I read and, and I study Marcus Aurelius life, I always find that very fascinating. There's this, this approach of the philosopher king, so to speak, that, that, that he had combining different words being seen as one of the leading philosophers, but at the same time also as, as, as the last of, as it's called in the Roman Empire, and, and there it's always going back thousands of years, it's never easy and so on, but the last of the good uh, kings, of course, from, from, from their perspectives. And you mentioned leadership a few times. What is the most important quality in a leader? Now, Leadership is, of course, an extremely complex task. Everybody who's ever led anybody and had a leadership task knows it's extremely, it's extremely complex. And there's many facets depending on the situation. I personally do think that the ability to take a step back and to self-reflect. So self-reflection, self-awareness, self-reflection, like the, these two, I mean, you can separate the two qualities, but if we were to bundle them together, I would, I would personally say these are this is the most important thing because it's the foundation for everything else. So some things can, can come in handy, but if you're, if you're not able and if you don't have the tools, processes, approaches, and also abilities to take a step back, reflect, think for yourself and really find a good inner, inner thought process, inner core and reflect about, okay, what's the right cause of action right now? If you don't have routines for this one, it will be very difficult to lead others as well, especially you know, in large organizations and everything. So I would say self-awareness and self-reflection on approaches, on the way you act, on, on what your what your shadow is, what your what your you know what your approach is, how you are being perceived, what your actions are, and so on. I've I've seen that in 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 all my daily work, how how important it is and what kind of what kind of you know impact it can have if a leader is not self-aware and on the other hand positively also if a leader is self-aware so i think all of the tools techniques approaches and everything around this self-awareness and self-reflection is, is for me one of the most 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 critical things in a leader 
And what is the best advice you've been given in your personal or in your professional life? The best advice I've been given in my professional life and personal life. In the professional life, I've just had a, a question actually with a former colleague as well. I just had a discussion again. Hmm. And one, one of the best advice or best thought principles that helped me enormously now, I call that now the Ulrike Doctrine. It was from a It was in a discussion that we had and, and, you know, I was, I was, I had the country finance manager, CFO role of Belgium. There was a colleague who had from another country, CFO role. And we were discussing, you know, like, 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 like one sometimes is discussing. Uh, it was a very good colleague and, and we were thinking like, hmm, moving up, doing various career options and so on. And, and, and then thinking like, okay, next level. So do I want, where do I want to go? Do I think I'm ready to take over next role? And, and I really liked one one framework to that that she mentioned at that stage which is like well sometimes if 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 i think about am i ready for the next level for the next role um sometimes objectively i think hmm, maybe not and well can i can i do this and so on but then i change the frame of mind and look like okay who is being promoted and who is doing that role at the moment and who is being promoted and then i think i am ready and And I really like that as, as, as a mental model, as a thinking framework. And that helped me enormously now. And, and, and I come back to this one very, very often. Whenever I decide now in my, my own business to, to develop a new field as a speaker, to develop a new keynote speech, to, to go to a new audience, I always think about, okay, try to scan the market. And can I be in the, in the top field, in the top 10% basically of this? And not like objectively am I... Um, Am I the Nobel Prize winning that did like, is there only one person who can share something on like this? Because sometimes we set ourselves this as the benchmark, like, like, okay, I can contribute, not and so, but, but rather than taking a step back and seeing like, okay, if I see what's going on there, can I make for myself? And that is an, I think very often an honest question, like you work this together with, with, yes. with others, but also for yourself, like, can I make really a mark there compared to what's out there at the moment? And if I decide, yes, I go into that field. And if, if I say, hmm, no, I don't go into that field. And for me, that is, I mean, if, if we abstract it, it's the mental model, like not looking at the absolute, but at the relative. And, and I found that extremely helpful and positive and powerful in, in professional life, especially now in building my, in, in continuing to, to work on my own business and, and different fields. But also when I work with companies and startups now, when I work with career, with executives, I always come back yes. to this one. It's, it's, it's sometimes it's that push. It goes in both directions. I mean, sometimes people need a little push if they think like, okay, who am I to run this role? It's like, well, who are you? Like, look at the others. Like, of course you can do that quite well, but it's also a bit of a humbling type of thing. It's like, well, no, if, For some people who go like, well, no, of course I can do everything. And I was like, well, let's do the little exercise basically there. And I don't think you are in this one. So it works in both directions. And it's a great self-awareness tool that, that helps shift your thinking. With. So that was certainly a fantastic, powerful tool that, that I worked in, 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 in professional life with. I just want to say, I hear the self-reflection, the self-awareness. I love it. And last question for the rapid fire What is one thing that we cannot Google about you? One thing that you cannot Google about um, Yeah, it's well difficult. <laughs> Several things probably would come to mind, but it's probably what you don't see there in the Google is, is, is probably connecting this back to, to the beginning uh, question that we had where, where you asked me about the championship type of things. It's 
it's the preparation process. And actually, I'm writing a book about this, so maybe you can Google it about this in, in, in the future. Like, this is one of the f- former book talkers. But it's, it's, it's probably some of, the, some of the preparation processes and so on that, that goes in. And, 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 and the way, and, and sometimes people are surprised, like, hey, um, how, and I'm surprised, and I need to learn this, and that's, again, the self-awareness part. Also, when I look at others and, and, and so on, sometimes, like, process sometimes what it takes and and the longer term process and the path that one has taken and so to speak is is not reflected in the cv and all the others it's like really it's it's the it's very much under the surface sometimes like the 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 preparation the iceberg metaphor yeah but i think the iceberg metaphor is no 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 it's actually i'm um, and that's why you cannot google about it yet that's why i was hesitating but i want to google about it because I'm, i'm writing a piece on this one because i think it's not the iceberg metaphor even is 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 not the right metaphor i've come to realize myself but it's more a stool so to speak that's a a three or multi-legged stool and why is that so important because sometimes when and the more i've researched and interviewed and and also interviewed top performers i really saw that you know the iceberg yes there's something lying in between but the iceberg what I don't like about the iceberg metaphor sometimes what i realize for myself sometimes it's things like okay i have to look beneath and then I find it wherever I hit, but it's even more difficult than this. That's why I like it almost like as a stool. If I don't know exactly where to look, I can look. There's an emptiness in be, in between in there, and mm-hmm. and I really need to see the like the different pillars. And really, whenever we try to see like what's behind success or what's behind a certain approach, I really try now to really see like what what is the full process, what are the full activities, and so on that that, that people do, and probably that you. You, you can't really see at Google about myself, like, for instance, how I develop the keynotes and, and all of the yeah. things and so on, some of the preparation method. And it's, it's, it's something that I've been reflecting about quite, quite a lot. Yeah. I love it because so that's some, one thing I also keep thinking about how much work it takes to prepare for topics. You don't see it, but you can tell if somebody did their homework. Absolutely, yeah. And with that, I would love to jump in and learn more about you. Say, what are the key milestones that led you to where you are today? During my studies, study business administration, the first study, what was very fascinating for me, I had this, this one big goal. I wanted to come to one famous consulting company and I just wanted to be accepted in there. And I actually, I've, that for me was very powerful because it, it's, it's somehow I adapted all of the different you know, all of my studies and the focus, the grades that I wanted to have and so on to, to really join this one, to be, to be ready there, to be part of, of, of that company. And so I did and I got accepted, but then I worked there as well. And I realized mm, that's really not, <laughs> that's, that's okay. And good company and everything is, it's, it's, it's all fine. And I've had a fantastic, fantastic short, short time there, but I really realized and from all sides together that, Maybe this type of consulting and so on, this type of work is, is maybe not not for me. And I really found that was a major milestone for me because it's on the one hand, it was really I'm a big fan of the power of goal setting. If you really have one thing then and you focus everything there and zoom it in on and try to try to try to motivate, but also especially try to find the strategies on hey, what's important, what's not. If you don't have that goal, it's it's you don't have that 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 razor sharp focus on this by the way then i joined png we also met really by maybe a combination of planning and and also really 
good luck. I, I had the opportunity to really do very different assignments that had a very broad view of a company. Could really see end to end from a company how it works from sales departments and everything there. And that certainly was a major milestone for what I'm doing right now. Really understanding a company from the beginning, from the creation of a product down to down to the, the sales of product. And that helps me enormously here all of my times there. Uh, certainly a major milestone, well, two maybe major milestones was in there was my first people leadership position. So the first time I had a formal individual reporting to me and, and who was looking to me as, as the manager. And that comes, I mean, at PNG, it came relatively early, but that certainly, that was a major moment. The next major milestone was then certainly a very interesting role for me was the, well, the CFO, the country finance manager role of Belgium. During that time, I also had a different experience and I would call it a leadership milestone. I not only was a leader of individuals and, and the, the formal manager of, of individuals, but also a leader of leaders, so to speak. I had people in my department who also had people reporting to them. And then why was that a big milestone? Because back in I think 2004 I did an exercise where I really reflected upon what are some of the some of the key goals that I want to achieve in my life and one of them was a board level position board level type of position and I really realized okay with this I had achieved that but I also had other goals in life as well and and um already a bit in parallel with different organizations like with these championships and everything I developed before already that this I was invited to give quite some keynotes externally and internally. And and more and more, this idea started to brew during that time as well, like to really maybe reflect and get thinking about this leadership and, and really get my thoughts a bit out there more structurally. So so I put myself a couple of metrics out there, like what what needs to be true to start your own business, so to speak on this one, to start your own 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 company to to go out and and develop, for example, more in that leadership field. And yeah, around about 2011, like these these 10 metrics were met. And I decided to give myself 18 months to 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 start my own company, so to speak, on this one. And that is now eleven years ago. So it's uh, I've I've never looked back on this. And then there was a couple of milestones, certainly later on, a big milestones, one of them being, of course, being, being, being there on the TEDx stage, which you mentioned there before, that was a big goal of mine. It was certainly also a big milestone because it's, it's a very unique experience. It's, it's one of these one in a lifetime experiences that you have because it's being recorded and it's being put out to the world and very, very happy that one of my talks really went quite uh, quite broad and quite viral and is still seen as one of the one of the highest one of the most viewed leadership talks of all the time and that was certainly a big milestone because it's it's all of a sudden you know i get messages and i see that somewhere in a school in utah it's being used for leadership development for a certain school in their project and they sent me some pictures and messages of this one from their school project and it's just very fascinating to see then how that one moment or that one speech really is 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 is, is being used all over the world by individuals and you I've I've had all in all like like tremendously positive discussions with individuals there for this. So these were a couple of milestones. 
Very impressive. And one question on the TEDx. How did you get to 2 million views? How did you make it go viral? Did it just happen? I gave six TEDx talks in total. And mm -hmm. um, and I like all of them personally, but some of them went more more viral than, than others. So a couple I have a couple of 10,000 views. One of them also has that 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 very viral view. I didn't make them go viral, so to speak, right? I mean, it's, it's all hosted by TEDx, so there was nothing that I did to, to, to make forward. It's, it's very interesting because some of them, some of the talks, some of the talks which, which have only a couple of 10,000 views and, and so on, they resonate very well with, a, for example, with a specific audience. Actually, one of my books is, is The Spaghetti Principle that you also mentioned on innovation is also one of the talks is based on this one. And whoever watches this, they like, ah, That's very much focused on this, but it's very much like this focus on, on innovation itself, so to speak. I think what made that, especially the, the talk on self-leadership, very much resonate with the statement I make there is, is great leadership starts with self-leadership. So that great leaders should start with leading themselves and then lead, up, then lead others. And apparently the tools and ideas and so on and also resonate quite well, but it's also that There's an understanding, there's probably an intuitive understanding and also a wish by many people who are being led and who are trying to make leaders that, that maybe also in general leaders would do that more and more often. And it was probably the combination of all of this and hopefully the talk is insightful, uh, I would hope. It sounds like you were hitting a nerve at the time that yeah. self-leadership is just resonating with people. It seems to resonate quite well and, and that's probably why especially that one really, really off yeah when we first talked we were also talking that self-leadership is also a prerequisite to become more innovative if you can put it in a nutshell self-leadership how do you actually do that why is that so important well why why is it so important fundamentally do think it, it's at the the foundation of everything self-leadership and why because I mean, especially if you look at the past three years with this very rapid developments look at COVID, look at other areas that have changed whoever works in a, in a business works environment but also whoever is just there in in daily life at the moment sees like how rapidly things are things are fundamentally changing if you're then not able to adapt relatively fast to things and accept a couple of new truths new developments and so on it's very difficult for you to to operate well that and i think that's that's true for companies for teams for organizations but also for individuals um And I do believe self-leadership is one of the keys to really bring that forward. Uh, that's why I mentioned like some of the tools that you do and how to develop self-leadership is, is one of them is, is self-reflection. And the other one is, is developing self-awareness, but it's especially just self-reflection. And sometimes you can make it as easy as the one minute exercise. It, 30 seconds exercise could be, and I do that very often with my coaching clients, is, is take a step back and say like, hey, on a scale from one to 10, how good a leader do I think I was today? And then you can add the icing on the cake. If it was a seven out of, out of 10, think about, okay, what is the one action I can do tomorrow, tomorrow to give myself an eight out of 10? What, what could I do specifically and so on for this? Th that is already like, that's rapid self-reflection. And if you make that action averse, that would mean... At the end of the day, you, whatever your job is, you're like, in my job, on a scale one to 10, how good was I? Should you then write this down or put this on paper or tell somebody? How would you do that? 
That really depends on your personal preference. You should definitely write it down. Now, is that an Excel template? Is that in an app that you have or create for yourself? Or I'm, and I'm just reaching over here, I'm a big fan of my black, black books where yeah. I have conversations with myself, so to speak. And they're non-digital. They're just for me. And they're where I do some of these rating rating things. So, but I would definitely recommend either a digital or a physical pen to have in your hand and to to commit to 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 paper or to 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 words somewhere your reflection on this one and and just if it's just that number and why is that so because very often we have where in our head we think like hmm this is, this is good this is not good and, and so on but there's lots of lots of things if you really boil it down if you force yourself okay let's score so i have a view of myself as a leader how do i how do I think I, I performed that today? You can you can take this actually also further as a performer in, in relationship, family, and all the other things as well. But um, that is, that would be a very concrete thing. And then maybe writing down as well, what is the one action for tomorrow on this? And then start especially, and that's what I'm a big fan of as well, start a pattern on this. Do that every day. And then either go through your book from time to time, or if you do, I'm also a big fan of Excel. If you do an Excel list, for example, and you go through the patterns of 30 days, how have they emerged? How was that connected to maybe some of the projects? You really learn more about yourself and how you operate on this. But it's these very short exercises, but consistently done, which are very, very powerful. Because I guess after 30 days, you would see if whatever the action you are choosing for the next day have an impact. Because if you still score at the same level, they have zero yeah. impact. They might have zero impact and you might be in a thought environment and maybe just in a in in maybe it's just your reflection or your ideas and maybe they have zero input and that pushes you to maybe rethink something. And that comes now to the field of innovation because that realization, that tells you then like, okay, hey, maybe this is working or maybe all these all these thoughts that I had, I've tried, I mean, thought that I had and I've never tried them. Okay, I might have thought that, that they would work, but they don't. But now I have some data. Now I have some some focus and some reflection on this and I see, hey, it's working or not. And if not, then, ha, huh, I might need to readapt. And especially that is important when new situations arise, like say COVID lockdown and so on. I mean, there's this, all of these things or in business, like a new competitor comes in or the reorganization, you really see something new is happening. And then human beings are very often in their, in their path, in their path dependency. They continue doing what they've always done. But I really like what, I'm not sure who it was again, but I really love the, the quote. It might've been George Bernard Shaw. He says like the, the only sensible person is my tailor because that person Because that person, whenever I come to him, always takes a new measure to see what fits to me. Everybody else has their preconceived things. And that person always takes a step back and, and measures again and says, like, no, no, it's not the same. No, no, let me take some measures again. Like maybe the situation has changed. Maybe I've changed my the, the way I look and, and, and so on. Or maybe I've, I've gained a bit of weight. Maybe I've lost a bit of weight. So the only sensible person is the tailor because he, that person takes always like a new measure and sees reality as it is. And I think self-reflection, these little exercises help us to do this. And they are the foundation then also for innovation, for trying out new things and for that reflection. Mm -hmm. Because if you don't do that, you're just in your head as a team, as an organization, as a company, you're just in your head and have these... These fantastic ideas, yeah, wouldn't it be great if, and if I do this, but you never test it with, with reality. What I like about this is like the actual testing. You try out things and you make it measurable because with that, you can manage. Yeah. And you need to have, 
fundamentally do believe you need to have in life and every individual need to have in life a a system where you see hey what's going on over time because every time is different and and I myself am always like, wow, okay, that has happened already. And my coaching clients are always like, wow, when I go back to them, look, I mean, three months let look different, differently. And they're like, really? Or something? Yeah, let's look at the data here. Oh, yeah. That, I mean, life changes so fast. Leadership life changes so fast. And with that baseline, then you can really see, you can try, you can. And that, that's where, by the way, the spaghetti principle then also comes in. I'm a big fan of, and spaghetti stands for throw things to the wall and see if they stick. And if they stick, continue doing them. And if they don't stick, let them not, but have a routine of doing this. So one CFO I was working with, he says like, look, I need to stay innovative. So I have my innovation Fridays. Every Friday, I and my leadership team, we dedicate one hour to being innovative. We test out one thing, a new app, a new report, a new different way of presenting financials and whatever it is. But once we, and I really love this because it's that rhythm of trying out new things and then you test that and then you compare. It sounds like a very complicated analytic process, but it's not. It's, it's, it's just a one minute or two a day, but it's, it's, it's getting out of autopilot and into like, hey, okay, that's interesting. And that's like these two minutes of self-reflection per day. Very powerful. And I also hear that the awareness of like, does it stick? Does it not? That's really interlinked. Yes, that's then the awareness part, so to speak. I mean, one is the reflection, yeah. but of course, like that awareness needs to be linked in reality. So that's like basically your your own kind of thing, like what happened and so on. But then also you can bring in others. You can bring others for feedback. You can reflect about being self-aware, like how did the action react? How did maybe my approach react differently? How did that team react and so on? How did exactly that? That's, that's then what you're trying to bring in. And I think that's what the greatest leaders do. It's really getting into that self-awareness mode. Just just one last comment, because I saw that on your TEDx talk where you were saying that if you are a leader, you ask for feedback, it might be very difficult because everybody's like, oh, you're great because you, you sign my paycheck. But I guess when you come with that self-awareness, you are already, you already know, oh, maybe yesterday I had a weak point here. How can I improve this? You can become so much more concrete. That is easier for your team to respond to those specific questions. Yeah, this is a great feedback. Great example, huh? leadership feedback, because lots of leaders who, who struggle with this and, and, and are not self-aware. And when they, when they ask for feedback, hey, team, give me feedback. It's like, well, they don't know what to say. It's like, and then somebody says something. Yeah, yeah, maybe you can share some more information. What do you mean by that? Why? When I've not shared, I always share information and so on. And then people say, oh, yeah, good, all is fine. And that's really the a trap and really then a vicious, vicious circle. I mean, I'm a big fan of, of really using also tools for driving self-awareness. So for example, very simple HP model, start, stop, continue. So instead of asking your team, please give me feedback, ask them like, Hey team, let's share one thing. Could you share maybe one thing? I should definitely, I as a leader should continue doing maybe one idea. You don't have to share anything, but one idea you might have to start something and maybe one idea you don't have to share it. But if you have something that I should stop and that gives a frame and it's much easier discussion, much easier to accept as well, but much easier to share with people and installing these kind of things, especially as a leader, but in general, I mean, even if you don't have a formal leadership position like that, but when you share feedback it's a very powerful thing to do that helps drive your self-awareness for thank you i think this was a wonderful last point on becoming more self-aware because we are already nearly running out of time what is coming up next for you i already heard there is a book what else is going on it's about a book about self-leadership itself i mean my last book was on was on innovation 
like this, the spaghetti principle, innovation that sticks and how leaders can incorporate this to be more innovative. And, and now the next one is, is really like moving also in that, in that field of what is self-leadership in, in our, our current environment? What does it truly mean? How can you develop it in yourself and also in others? So that's, that's, that's certainly coming next. And that's, that's where I'm doing a lot of work on and, and interviewing, reflecting, working on and, and, and so on. So that's, that's on the horizon. It's a very interesting field at the moment how we are, I mean, in, in the world of artificial intelligence and other areas, how can you truly identify what, what is the leadership skill that drives things forward? How do you connect? How do you operate in that environment? That is, that is something that I'm working a lot with my, my students also on and, and, and so on. Like, how can you be a leader in the digital age, which is, which is a thing sometimes there's no easy answers on this one, but there is, it's certainly something that we all need to reflect on as well a bit. So these are, these are certainly two, two big areas that I'm working on. Very last question for people who are intrigued and want to learn more about you. They should watch your TEDx videos and they can buy your book, Innovation as Sticks. How else can they stay in touch with you? Probably best way is to connect on the usual socials, like on, on LinkedIn, I'm quite active. Also on my website, last-sutman.com, you'll find You'll find quite some information. I regularly post like some thoughts, inspirations, but also some articles over there. So if you want to sign up in there on the newsletter, that's that's typically also how I stay in touch with readers and, and, and people and exchange ideas and so on. And then LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter at Lars Uchtman, Instagram, Lars Uchtman. I mean, these are these are good good ways to interact and to explore. Perfect. I thank you so much for joining me today. I learned a lot about self-leadership. Thank you so much. Fantastic. Thanks a lot for being there. It was great to be here. Self-leadership and becoming more innovative. It's a cool topic, isn't it? If you want to talk about it, please don't forget to tag me at Delegate or Reaching Your Goals podcast. And if you would like to hear more from Reaching Your Goals, please sign up for the newsletter at delegate.substack.com or you will find the link in the show notes or on the Delegate website. With that, we are done for today. We are one step closer to reaching your goals. Talk to you guys next week. Bye.